What's going on, everybody? My name is Christian Gujanov, and I want to welcome you to Peak Performance Principles. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about the principles in order to achieve and sustain peak performance. So if you want to get better, if you want to improve your performance, you're in the right place. Let's get started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Peak Performance Principles. Today's episode is going to be all about resilience. We're going to talk, we're going to take a little bit deeper of a dive and talk a little bit about resilience. There's so much to talk about with this topic. Resilience is a principle, a, a topic that can, we could probably spend years talking about. It's just, there's so much to it. But the main part of what we want to focus on today is going to be really figuring, talking about a very specific part of resilience. Um, Recently, I've been really interested in resilience and just really been researching it and, and talking and thinking about it. And there's been a few things that have really come up and I've, and I've found some really cool stuff that I want to share with you all. The the first thing we'll talk about is this principle called hunt the good stuff. And I I found this when I was reading a few research articles about resilience specifically in the military. And they have this saying called hunt the good stuff. And essentially this this is a part of positive psychology. It comes from being more optimistic and building a more optimistic mindset. And what one of the first times I really learned about positive psychology was in my undergrad when I took a positive psych class. And I honestly at first was, not, I don't know, skept, not skeptical, but I, I took it mostly because I thought it was like, yeah, this would be a fun class. Like, it'll probably be easy. Like, we probably won't have much homework. And the homework we have, it'll be like fun homework. It'll be like happy homework. <laughs> so I, I remember taking the class and the first day I was sitting there, our our, our uh, teacher, our professor started talking about all this cool research and all this all these things that like positive psychology, you know, um, says about performance and how it can increase performance and how people, happier people perform better. And like, I don't know what it was like all of a sudden, like it like made sense. I was like, Oh yeah, duh. Like that sounds so simple. But when you think about it, it's such a powerful principle that happy people perform better. And I started thinking about, you know, the times I've played sports or at work and, and the times that I was happiest, I remember looking back and those were the times that I played my best or taught my best or performed at my best, whatever I was doing. And I, and I think it was, it's, it was such a simple thing that I didn't really take the time to really research it. And through that class and, and through the recent research that I've been doing, it just made so much sense that peak performers, they understand that happiness and their emotion is so critical and understanding how to be quote unquote happy I think in a performance setting, resilience is a fantastic way to look at happiness. I think happiness can be this very difficult thing to measure, and it's such a unique thing for one one person. It might be, you know, uh, it might be, it might be one thing for another person. It could be a totally different thing. And I, I really like looking at resilience as a as a way of measuring and looking at performance happiness. And resilience is essentially the ability to bounce back from adversity, the ability to find the good stuff and, and, and hunt the good stuff, just like in this article on military.com that talks about how 
this idea of hunting the good stuff, this practice of hunting the good stuff is all about countering this negativity bias. As humans, we, we have this bias to, to look at the wrong side or the bad side of everything, right? Like it's, it's just a survival mechanism that we've developed over the years. We have to kind of look at the, all the possible things that can go wrong. And it's not, a, it's not necessarily, I mean, a, a bad thing. It's kind of kept us alive for a lot of years. <laughs> like recognizing that we have this negativity bias, we kind of naturally just kind of look at the, we have a natural tendency to like focus and remember the bad stuff. And this negativity bias is something that's really difficult to overcome. But what peak performers have been able to do is they found ways to counter that negativity bias. For example, if you look at it, if you if you remember a time where you've been in a game or you've been in a in a in a sales pitch or whatever, and you start feeling that negativity creep in, like you can't do this, the moment's too big for you, like they're never you're never gonna close this deal, whatever that is, that negativity starts to creep in. Think about the times where you were able to overcome that. What did you do to overcome that? What did you tell yourself? Usually it was some sort of confidence building self-talk, something like, you know what, like yeah, uh, this moment is big, but like I've practiced, like I can do this. And we talked about effective self-talk in a previous episode. And the whole idea there is that even though the moment is real, you're being honest with yourself and saying like, yes, this is a big moment or like, yes, this is a really big account that I, that I need to land. And then by countering that negativity bias, you're looking for the good things that you could do. And that's really where Hunt the Good Stuff comes in is you're looking for good things around you or in your life. And I love the the, the principle that they have, this idea of and the, the, the phrasing of it is just it just really stuck with me. Hunt the good stuff. And they in, in the military they have this practice where they have soldiers take this like this principle of hunt the good stuff and they what they do is that for every single day they write down three good things that happen to them. So it's pretty simple. Three things that happen, three good things that happen to them. And this starts to build that gratitude muscle. It starts to, you start noticing more things easy, the, the good things quicker. And it becomes easier as you go along. But the main thing there is you write, you record those three positive events in your life. And it can be something super simple. It can be huge. And then what you do is you reflect on each one, each of those three things. You ask yourself questions like, why did this good thing happen or what, what what did you do or what did someone else do that allowed this good thing to happen in your life what what does this good thing even mean to you like why do you care about this and what can you do tomorrow to enable more of this good thing to happen and what they found is that when soldiers and and I mean I think athletes and anyone that does this what happens is your mind starts to focus and you start realizing more of the positive things around you you guys, your brain and your mind is super, super gullible and it listens to you really, really well. So if you tell yourself all these negative things, if you if everything is negative around you or, or if you keep telling yourself you can't do something, guess what? You're probably right. You're going to prove yourself right. But when you start hunting for the good stuff, you start noticing that there are good things around you and that there are positives around you, that there are things that are going well in your life. And, and once you start identifying those and reflecting on those using some of those questions, it starts to open your mind and it, and it creates this positive lens that you look at things through. And peak performers, they, could, they do that every single day. They look for, they hunt for that good stuff. 
they don't live in the negativity bias. They live, they, they hunt the good stuff. Now, when you're hunting, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be sunshine and rainbows and fluffy. Everything is perfect. That, that, that's not what positive psychology is all about. It's all about performance techniques that help you see the world, the lens that you view things with in a more positive way. And when you look at things in a positive way, you're able to, to perform better because it eliminates the negativity and it eliminates a lot of the, the idea that if you're, if you're really negative, it's going to naturally, you're going to perform in a negative way. Whereas if you're positive, your, your body and your mind are in sync and you're able to perform at a higher level. I, I, and to kind of really illustrate this purpose, I've been reading and, and looking at um, this, this racing team. Uh, and it's, it, they're called Team Hoyt. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this. Um, it's, it's the story of the, this father and son who are a ra- they're a racing team. So they run triathlons, uh, marathons, half marathons, all these, all these large, huge distance runs. And they have just – they were a really, really cool story. And they are just – just reading more about it and watching a bunch of videos about it. It's just this – they totally epitomize resilience. And they are such a – it's such a cool story. So I want to tell you a little bit about it. And I'm going to share a bunch of really cool videos. And um, you can go obviously check out their website, teamhoyt.com. H-O-Y-T is how you spell Hoyt. So team H-O-Y-T, team Hoyt. And the, in – the way it kind of started, the whole the whole story started in when in 1962. Uh, Dick and Judy Hoyt are the parents, and they had us. They had their son, whose name is Rick, and when he was born, he had really severe oxygen deprivation, and he was diagnosed with um, a a uh, with cerebral palsy and spastic quadriplegic, and he was just it wasn't going well and the doctors pretty much told the parents that they should just institutionalize him he's going to be a vegetable he's never going to live a normal life but dick and judy in in that moment they were incredibly resilient they said no like no he's like we're gonna get we're gonna get through this like we're gonna include him he's gonna be a normal kid we're gonna include him in everything else we do so even though he couldn't walk he couldn't speak he was really, really aware. Like he could still notice things. He was really aware with his eyes. He could still have like facial expressions and stuff. So he was really the. It's really how he communicated for the first ten years of his life was just from like facial expressions and just looking at looking at things through through his eyes. And his parents finally found this computer that he was able to talk. And he, when he was ten years old, it was pretty much the first time that he ever spoke. So. They pretty much gathered. They they live in in uh, just the outskirts of Boston, and they gathered everybody around. And this ten year old was this is the first time he's ever going to say something, and they all made bets about you know like what like what's he going to say? What are his first words going to be? And he was he was they live they live in Boston. He's a big sports fan, and during like that time, the Bruins were in a in a Stanley Cup playoff run, just like they are now. Go bees! So they he his first words was go Bruins. And they realized at that point that like this kid is he's funny, like he has a sense of humor and they never really he's never talked before. They never and it was such such a cool like such a cool story there. But anyways, a few years later, um in when when Rick was in school, a, a student on the lacrosse team was kinda of doing a fundraiser and this was really the first time that, that 
Rick really wanted to do something, and he asked his dad if he could help participate in this benefit run for this lacrosse player who had been injured in an accident at his school. So this was 1977. So this is the first time that these two ran a race. And there was a five-mile benefit run for this kid for this kid in high school, and, and Rick asked his dad if he could participate. So his dad took him in a wheelchair and pushed the wheelchair, and they finished the whole five miles. Uh, and, 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 and there's a video that they talk about with Dick, the dad, he says, he says that they finished second to last. And he's like, that was our, we just didn't want to finish last. And when they came home, uh, Rick talked to his dad about it. And he told his dad, he said, dad, when I'm running, it feels like I'm not handicapped. It, it feels like I'm a normal kid. And that really hit his dad, Rick really, or his dad, Dick, it, it hit what Rick said really hit him really hard. And he started really thinking about, okay, like I want to do what's right for him. And this, this resiliency part and this hunting, the good stuff, they've been hunting and hunting and hunting for good stuff for, for, for Rick. And they finally found something that, that Rick loved and he could participate in a sport that he could participate in. So long story short, ever since 1977, they've completed over a thousand races. They've completed over they've completed over 250 tri 257 triathlons they've completed 72 marathons 97 half marathons they've completed 162 5 milers 219 10ks they've gone on to do just these most amazing things i think the two most incredible ones was that their their best time at a marathon was 2 hours and 40 minutes which was 57th overall which is just incredible and he actually, uh, Dick actually won first place in the 50 to 59 age range in that, in 1992 when he, when he, when he ran that race. And then the second thing is in 1992, that same year, they actually biked and ran across the whole United States and it took them 45 days. They did it for 45 days in a row. That's 3,735 miles in 45 days, all while pushing, all while pushing his son, Rick. And just this, this story is so incredible. And the more I read about it and the more I watch, I mean, it's hard to not get emotional when you watch some of these videos and just some of these stories, reading some of these stories about them. It's just such a resilient, it's such a resilient mindset. And it's this idea of this hunting the good stuff in action. This is what it looks like, you guys. It's negative things are going to happen like we're, we naturally view things in a negative way that's that's part of being human but to counter that you can utilize this hunting the good stuff so i want to challenge you to try this today try this find three good things three good event events that happened in your life today write them down and then ask yourself either one two three four of these questions the first one is why did this good thing happen Think, reflect and write down why did this good thing happen, whatever that is. The second thing, ask yourself what this good thing means to you. Why is this important to you? What, what does it mean to you? And why is it good for you? And then third, what can you do tomorrow to enable more of this good thing? So what can you do more tomorrow to, to make sure that these good things keep happening? And then lastly, what ways did you or other people contribute to this good thing happening? Think about what you did. Maybe there's a specific action that you took or maybe being around someone else helped you uh, make this good thing happen, whatever that is, right? So think about those four reflection questions and write down three good things that happened. This is hunting the good stuff. Just like Team Hoyt, right? They, they were inc 
incredibly resilient. They didn't take no for an answer, and they were incredibly tough mentally, physically, emotionally. There was so much difficulty there, but they didn't they didn't let this disability or this inability to to participate hold hold Rick back and one of the probably the coolest parts of this story is um some reporters asked Rick if if he could have one wish for his dad what what would that wish be and Rick's answer just is is so is just so moving he said if there's one thing that I would want for my dad the, the one thing I'd I'd most like is for my dad to sit in in the chair and I could push him for once. That's hunting the good stuff right there. That's that's hunting it. That's thinking about the positive things in your life. Not not being selfish, but being selfless and realizing that because of his dad, there's so many good things happening in in Rick's life. And and Dick says the same thing. He says that there there's an interview that they did, and they asked him like like who who do you think is getting the most benefit out of this? And and Dick said me. Are you kidding me? Like. Like this is tough, obviously. Like you know, Rick just kind of sits in the chair, but like, I'm the one that's getting most of the benefit. Like just being a part of this is is the most incredible gift I could ever receive as a dad, and and he's so grateful for his son and his son's resilience and and his son wanting to do these things and and willing to train and 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 they're both they're just such a cool story, and they're just really really cool example of resilience. So. Today's principle, today's principle that that I want you to to kind of really understand here is hunt the good stuff. Negative things are going to happen in a performance. There's hundreds of times where you might screw up, but never let that be the how the, how the performance ends. Always come back and hunt for the good stuff. Search for those good things in your life. Write those things down every single day and reflect on them and think about what you can do to continue to perpetuate this positivity and hunt the good stuff. I hope this has been helpful, you guys. I know for me, this has been such a cool story to, and really topic to dive into. There's so much more to talk about in resilience. There's so much more to get to, but this, I really wanted to start out with this, and we're going to talk more about resilience in other episodes, but peak performers, they hunt for the good stuff every single day, and I hope you can too. Write down those three things. If 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 there's any anything that you can take from this episode it's that the negativity bias is real and you can counter that with hunt by hunting the good stuff and searching actively searching for the positives so go try that let us know how it goes in our in in the in the we're in future episodes we're going to talk a lot more about resilience there's so much more to get to with it but for today let's hunt the good stuff thanks so much for being here I'm going to post a bunch of the videos and some of the websites and stories and things like that on our Facebook, Twitter, and so and uh, uh, Instagram page. So go check us out on social media there for some more of these stories and videos at Mental Strength Performance. You can find us there, and you'll I'll post some of these so you can take a look into more of this. And seriously, if you want a if you want a, a tear jerking video, just watch one of these Team Hoy videos. They are just it's it's incredible. It's an incredible story. So I hope you can check it out if you haven't heard about it already. Even if you have, watch it again. It's such a cool reminder of of hunting for the good stuff and finding positives in negative situations. Again, thank you so much. I hope this was helpful. Now go go hunt the good stuff and I'll catch you in the next episode.